I'm Patty, and I'm a woman of faith, life coach, busy mama and wife, mental health advocate, foodie, and lover of music and dance. I like salsa on my tacos and in my playlist. I created this space just for you, Bea, because I have been there. I know what it's like to go through unwanted, unexpected changes in life. I know the heartbreak, the feelings of loss, and, well, just feeling left behind in life. Amiga, I'm here to tell you this is not all of your story. This is not all there is. In this podcast, I will embrace you, inspire you, and challenge you to reclaim the power and gifts God has placed in your life. Here, you will find community and hope and a call to action. I get it. You're probably driving to and from school or work, maybe doing some cleaning, or just finding the motivation to get up and take a shower. No matter what task you're tackling, I'm here for all of it, girl. So come and explore with me the possibilities of living a life full of color and texture and movement. Find your new melody and your new dance. Why? Because life is beautiful, Bea, and you are too. Welcome back to the Listen Bea podcast. My name is Patty and I am the voice behind this podcast. So I just want to first off thank you for joining me for my very second episode of season one. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And if you listen to the first pot, the first episode, you may know a little bit about the why behind this podcast and why I'm so passionate about this particular podcast and about what I do as a coach and also as a podcaster now. So uh, if you want to listen a little bit, you can go back to uh, season one, episode one and recap. If not, then let's just dive in into our new subject for this week. And I just wanted to um, remind you that uh, if you feel a little bit triggered because we do talk about uh, grief a little bit and loss, so it may bring up some emotions, just be kind to yourself. If you need to take some time, pause and come back later, you're more than welcome to do so. Um, so let's just go ahead and get started. I wanted to start off by telling you a little story. Yeah, we are in August, so it's back to school. My kids, I have Start, went back to school. My daughter did. My son will be starting school for the first time. So there was a little bit of grief in that. I want to start off by letting you know that not all, because it is a loss in a way, because I'm losing the kids at home and they are going to school. Not all losses are bad. In this case, this type of loss is a good loss because it means my kids are growing, they're hitting their milestones, they are developing, and they're maturing. So this particular loss of having them in the home, particularly the smallest one, 24-7, it's a good loss because it lets me know that he's right on track and he's right where he's supposed to be. But there is a little bit of loss in that because that means also my babies are growing up. And if you've been in this stage before in your life, mama, where you are releasing your babies to the school system or, uh, or to a new school, if they're in a new stage in their development, if they're starting middle school, starting high school, maybe going away to college for the very first time, you understand where I am coming from. Or if you have a niece or a nephew, maybe even a grandchild that's really close to you, you understand this kind of loss because you are releasing them to the world, to life, in a new stage, to other people, to their teachers and therapists and caretakers. 
So there is that loss. Uh, there's some anxiety. There's some fears, nervousness. But there is that excitement that they are growing and that it, and it's a new beginning for the both of you as a mom and, and for your child as well. So I released my kids <laughs> this past week or I am in the process of releasing them is, is what I'm I'm um, coming to terms with that uh, with that expression. I'm releasing them. Um, not that they've been held captive or anything, but I just they've been under my care and under my wings either through the summer or for my son throughout this his entire lifetime. So I'm releasing him to the into the hands of his teachers. So there's a lot of prayer, a lot of nervousness, lots of tears, uh, good tears, nervous tears. And like I said, if you're a mom that has and remembers what that was like or is going through something similar, my heart goes out to you because, and I feel you, girlfriend, because I am there. I am living it as I speak. So that is a loss that it, there's a little bit of a grief. My, hi, my house is quieter, um, not as messy. I have more time and where I'm trying to decide what do I do first because all this time has been all about them and what they need, snacks, um, clothes, clean clothes, whatever it is that they need, it has been all about them. So now I get to organize, actually organize my day and it goes pretty much according to plan for the very first time. So there are a lot of firsts in there. So pray for me, everybody, because I am adjusting to this new stage in my life. So that is a good loss. Uh, the loss of the children 24-7 at home and they are advancing in their education and they are going to school. Or if you're a, a homeschooling mom, it, even though they are at home, it still requires a different type of approach, new curriculum, uh, maybe new play groups, whatever it is that that may look like for you. So this uh, going back to school does represent a lot of newness. So that is a good kind of loss. But what happens in when we know that we experience a different kind of loss, deeper losses, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, the loss of community, the loss, um, different types of losses, right? We There are so many different types of losses and I want to be conscientious and I want to be careful and mindful of the different losses that you may have experienced, Amiga, that I may not have been experienced. So I don't want to be uh, exclusive of any or disrespectful to your loss. But there are some signs sometimes and sometimes when we go through a loss, some natural losses in life and we adjust and we move on and we're able to handle them and to cope with them and move on. Sometimes those losses can just seem to linger and it's a, uh, we have a hard time pushing forward. It may, may feel like we are frozen in time or it may feel like someone just hit the stop button or pause button and just abruptly changed everything and we're not quite ready to move forward. So I want to talk a little bit about what that kind of grief looks like. First of all, acknowledging that grief is a natural response to a loss. And like I said, not all losses are bad, but there are some, uh, there's a natural response to a loss, which is grief. So what does that look like? Physical responses, maybe a change in appetite, change of sleep, upset stomach, low energy, restlessness, crying, trouble concentrating. So these are the physical responses. And of course, there are also the emotional, the feeling uh, blue, feeling depressed, feeling lost, feeling lonely, 
uh, feeling frozen. So there are those emotional responses as well. That's what grief can look like. And it looks it looks different for different people. So it's not, a, you know, a, a one encapsulated thing for grief. It can look very different. Sometimes we may um, run into people that look very overzealous and just very happy. And we said, wow, we know we just saw you experience this loss and it just seems you're doing so well. Maybe, maybe not because grief looks very different for different people. There are five stages in grief. Um, There's denial. When we first experience a loss, we can feel, okay, this isn't happening. This isn't true. I'm just going to pretend that it hasn't, that this didn't happen because I'm not ready to address this. I'm not ready to talk about it or snap my fingers. Didn't happen. So this is the denial part. And all of these stages are natural. It's a natural stage of the development of grief. There's also anger. And we all know what that looks like. Irritability, lashing out, short-tempered. Um, and just feeling angry about the situation, about the loss, feeling angry at that person, feeling angry at a different person, feeling angry at the situation or the circumstances surrounding this particular instance. We can also go through bargaining. So the whole what if, well, what if I, that person would not have made that choice? And I covered that a little bit in episode one, or if only I would have answered my phone, if only I would have done this. that's all part of the bargaining part of grief where we're trying just to process and make sense of this loss. And we can also feel depressed. And also there is acceptance. So acceptance is how this thing or this loss has changed my life. But now I have stopped to wishing to go back to the way it was before or what it used to look like. And now I'm ready to look for avenues to move on with my life. So that's acceptance. But what's interesting is that it's not linear, meaning you don't have to first be in denial, then be angry and go in these through these stages in a chronological or sequential order. It, it just means that uh, one day, one moment, moment to moment, one moment you can feel angry, another moment you can feel like you're ready to Uh, accepted, and then you feel depressed again, and then you feel angry again. So grief can look very up and down. It's a roller coaster. If you or someone close to you has been through a loss, you may be able to notice those patterns. And now in hindsight, you may be able to go back and say, oh, okay, that's what was going on with that person. So it's not linear. It's not A to Z. It's not one, two, three. It's very complicated, muddy, complex, murky. Uh, It's all these things. What I want to really focus on uh, in this episode is just really on that acceptance part. And I want you, Amiga, to ask yourself, well, when this particular situation happened in my life where there was a loss, have I really accepted? Have I really moved on? Am I no longer wishing that we were back there again Does this thought keep preoccupying my mind? Do I continue to wish if only things were like this? And sometimes it can happen. Sometimes we can be frustrated and be like, this would not have happened if so-and-so wouldn't have done this or if so-and-so wouldn't have done that. And we see that a lot when there's grief following a divorce or 
maybe a loss in a relationship or we tend to be angry and we say this would not have happened if so-and-so wouldn't have done this then all of these other events would have never happened and it would in in one thing led to the following thing so we can see that and what this type of grief it's called unresolved gift grief it's intense sadness that has not improved how do we know it, it that could be one of the symptoms if you will or clues as to what unresolved grief looks like so it can look like intense sadness it can you can avoid certain relationships or getting close to people like following a divorce or a breakup or a loss in a relationship Um, some of the physical clues are numbness fatigue digestive issues so a lot of these things are going to look very familiar and overlap Um, One of my favorite books is called The Body Keeps the Score. And the book, it talks about trauma, but it really talks about how our body does keep track of these things. And if we don't process them, if we don't address them and take care of them, they're going to manifest themselves or they're going to appear in a different way. Um, Sometimes we may have headaches. We may have digestive issues, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, it can, it, it, even though no one really knows exactly the cause, but research does show that a factor is stress. Stress, how? Stress in a, uh, because of a relationship or stress because of a loss. Stress that causes a change in our life. So our body keeps the score, meaning that if we don't process these things, they are going to come out, you know, and they're going to start affecting our health, our blood pressure, uh, just different aspects about our health that you know our labs can show that everything's a okay, which happened to me recently. But there's something, some kind of something that is causing this kind of stress on your body, and your bot those are your body signs of telling you, hey, something you know the check engine light better check some of these things out because something's not right. And sometimes that could be, that could be one of the factors. It could be our unresolved grief. Also, another clue is we can avoid reminders of that person. Sometimes we can't even say that person's name out loud. And trust me, been there, done that. It's really hard when we've been through something very traumatic where we can't. Um, speaking from a person who's experienced miscarriage, I to say the baby or to say my pregnancy right after I experienced this loss, it was really, really hard for me to say it and to say it out loud because it was such a huge loss physically and of course emotionally for me so we do avoid saying these things or saying the person's name or avoiding the topic Um, but then on the other end sometimes there's an obsession or preoccupation with loss uh, or events so we keep talking about the same thing um, going back to the same thing. And, you know, I'm going to be real with me, guys. How many of us did, <laughs> did not go through a breakup and it was, or have a friend go through a breakup and it's like, oh my gosh, she's talking about it again. Again, retelling, yes, I know the story. I know how everything unfolded. But this is a person who has unresolved grief. They are going through something, amigas. So let's be kind to each other. Let's be kind to our other amigas and have grace for each other because breakups are hard and repeating the same stuff over and over again it's part of the process so now you know it's part of unresolved grief it's not your amiga trying to annoy you it's not her 
you know, let's not roll our eyes and sigh and okay, here we go. It, it's have grace for your amiga because that's hard. And she obviously has some unresolved grief regarding this relationship or regarding this, um, this loss. Um, grief, unresolved grief can silently affect people specifically who lose someone tragically and suddenly. So, um, and it, it's silent. It can be silent because these are circumstances that are so rare or it, it's, it's so unique in the sense that it's something very tragic and people just don't know. They don't know how to react to someone losing someone. So some people may just avoid the whole topic. Like, we'll just avoid that you didn't have this big tragic loss. How are you? How are things? How's work? And really avoid it because it's hard for people. We, we're not equipped to be able to process these kinds of things with people who have lost a loved one. And you may have found yourself either at the receiving end of some sayings where you think, gosh, this person was very not sensitive and they just avoided the fact that I'm really torn here. So um, some of that stuff, uh, it can be uh, very hidden because it, we, as human beings, we cannot connect with that kind of loss or magnitude of loss uh, or trauma. And then uh, the tell-all if it, you have unresolved grief is if you are involved in self-destructive behaviors, if you're drinking a lot, if you're partying a lot, and, and you know, there's it's relative, but you know, when it when all of these activities or if you're having suicidal thoughts, particularly, especially that's someone who really needs help. So it, it, they're, they're, th- these are silent clues or sometimes they're not so silent. Sometimes it's obvious, but people are saying, mm, está loca. you know how the way she is. It, no, it could be someone who really, really needs help. And it really is dealing with unresolved grief. So and if a person can't function their daily functions, go to work or school, have a routine, if they're having a hard time getting up if they're having a hard time eating, if they're having a hard time taking a shower, just their personal hygiene, these are really big signs of unresolved grief. Or on the contrary, if the person comes across as very put together, on the go, nothing happened, and something very tragic happened in their lives, a really tragic loss, then those could be clues to as to someone who's dealing with unresolved grief, because they're just, that could be part of that denial stage in grief. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not ready to process that. I I can't. If if I do this, I'm going to fall apart and I have way too many people depending on me. I have my kids looking at me. There's too many people at stake, so I can't do that right now. But what happens is that when we put off this grief for further and further and further, either your your body keeps a score, it's going to come out through a digestive issue and illness. I hope not. Or you, or we can have a panic attack in the middle of traffic or something very routine where we would normally function. We cannot function because we have this unresolved grief that we have not dealt with or taken care of. So what's the good news? Well, the good news is that there's therapy. <laughs> there's, there are people clinically trained for this particular part of loss, type of loss. It's called grief therapy. 
So there are therapists who specialize, not only just therapy, but they specialize with grief. And it's very beneficial to people who are either going through it. Some people say, I can't handle it right now. I know I should, but I can't handle it right now. And that is when you should, because you're, you're right in the midst of it. And it's just so much better when you have someone who will help you there to process it. Your family will be better for it. You will be better for it. Even, and it's, remember, it's not linear. There is no deadline. There is no end date. So, but there are certain things that you, but you're getting it out. You're processing it. You're not just keeping it, pushing it down, just waiting for it to come out in the most random way. You do have someone who is trained. There are support groups. There are many grief support groups. We live in an age where we just have information at our fingertips. So we can look up uh, grief support groups for any type of loss. There's even pet loss support groups. That is a thing. You can also connect with family and friends if you feel yourself falling into the blues and like it's going you and you know, you know yourself very well where you can feel yourself getting in there and it can start by little things. It can start with the tiniest of things like, you know, I used to wash my face every day in the morning and at night really took good care of my my skincare routine and I'm not doing that as much anymore. Or, you know, every once in a while, I don't brush my teeth at night. I'm, you know, eh, I just don't have the drive. I just don't have the energy. And so these are, or maybe you stop calling friends when you used to call and connect with them and you find yourself being more and more secluded and uh, turning inward rather than outward. So it's important to connect with friends and family. You can get involved in spiritual activities. I mentioned in the first episode, my thing was God. It had it not been for God. I don't know you guys like. I just, I just don't know. I don't know where I would be if above ground or under. It was that crucial for me. And my faith was that crucial for me. So there is that uh, spiritual part. We can also tr- uh, process with you know, a trusted um, person, a trusted pastor, a counselor or teacher, a trusted friend. Better if it's someone who's trained for this type of stuff. But I understand we don't always get there right away and we don't always have the means. So better to reach out. And also you can journal. That was very also very important for me and very crucial for me as well. I I couldn't get the words out. So I wrote them out. So yeah, those are some tips that can really help you to kind of start making kind of uh, some sense and, and organize your thoughts and try to find your way out of that. So that's what I had in my heart to share with you guys. Thank you for joining me in this second episode. I hope it was helpful. Uh, Feel free to comment, DM me. You can follow me at Coach Patty Cuevas. Send me a DM. I'm also a life coach. Like I said, I work with people who have experienced loss and would like to get back on track with their goals and their dreams. So if you're interested in that, hit me up and let's talk. Also, feel free to share this episode. If this episode doesn't apply to you, but you thought someone just kind of came to your mind, I, I view those as God things. God puts, us, puts things in our hearts and people in our minds to help. So if you felt that little tug or you have that thought or a person came to mind when hearing this episode, please share it with your friend or your sister, your tia, your mom, whomever. If you feel like you have 
you ha are having these thoughts and you're a really, really dark place and you're afraid of harming yourself or someone else, there is the um, 988 suicide and crisis line. You can call them or text them 24 hours a day for emergency intervention or dial 911, call your local hospital. It's really important that we are just mindful of how all these things can affect our mental health and affect us and the people who love us. So as always, Bea, thank you so much for listening. I will always leave my light on for you. Remember, this is your safe space. I will leave my porch light on whenever you want to come in and listen and process and just really, really work on these things that are so important to talk about. Because remember, life is beautiful, Bea, and you are too. Love you, girl. Bye.